0: With just eight days to go until the Pittsburgh Penguins open the season, a weary city turns its eyes to Fifth Avenue in its time of need. Hunter and I are going to talk about getting a look at the new look Penguins and more after this. You're locked on Penguins. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. And thank you for that wonderful intro, by the way, Pat. That was very good after what happened on Sunday with the Steelers. I am Hunter Hodes, one of your hosts at least, joined as always by my co-host Patrick Damp. You can follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. You can follow Pat's Twitter at Sinem for Wet. And you can follow these shows, Twitter at LO underscore penguins. Of course, a reminder. Thank you all so much for making this your first listen slash watch of the day. I don't think you, you couldn't have said it any better than that. Just considering what happened to the Steelers on Sunday. And if you want more on that, go check out Locked On Stewards with Chris Carter. He does a tremendous job breaking down that team. the Penguins, it's a game night tonight, another preseason game. They're in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Sidney Crosby's hometown, for the Penguins to take on the Ottawa Senators. Most of the A-team is going to be playing tonight. We're going to have to look at some new look lines a little later on in the show. But it feels like everything around this game has been such a spectacle. The Penguins' social media is going crazy. You have players engaging in scavenger hunts around Sid's hometown. You got them trying new restaurants. Got all these little kids going crazy when Sid steps onto the practice rink. It just honestly feels like something out of a movie. Sid comes back to his hometown, plays a game there. This is setting up, I think, to be also a fairy tale ending for this movie with this game. If the Penguins win tonight
0: the guy has got a big reputation in Nova Scotia man and it's it's something to see and it's really cool because the stakes feel really high but in reality they aren't it's a preseason game a lot of the a lot of the regulars on both sides are playing so while it is still a preseason game it has the feel of a regular season game because of everything surrounding it it's the, the hometown kid comes home. They're going to pack a smaller rink to play an NHL preseason game. You look at both teams' lineups, it's going to be a lot of star power. And it kind of does feel like both teams are treating this as a regular game, which for us as, as, a fan, as fans, that's great because we all know how much of a slog preseason hockey can be because you're figuring out who your roster is going to be going into the season. You're giving guys extended looks. You're playing some guys who likely won't be playing again and so on and so forth. So tonight will be a fun game to watch in taking a look at both teams lineups. I do think the balance does tip in the penguins favor ever so slightly.
1: Yeah. The senators are playing a good chunk of their regulars, but when I did look at their bottom six before we started recording and just made some notes, some of these guys are, I believe on their AHL team, but you have guys, for example, that are playing. Brady Kachok, incredible. Tim Stutzel is very good. Former flyer, Claude Giroux, who has killed the Penguins numerous times in his career. Drake Batherson. Vladimir Terasenko, who I almost forgot was on the Senators, to be honest. That's a really nice signing that they made during the offseason. They got Dominic Kubelik, who came back in the Alex DeBrincat trade. Matthew Joseph. So the Joseph versus Joseph game tonight should be a lot of fun. I'm sure PO's par- P.O. and Matthew's parents will be At that game, Jacob Trickman, Tomas Shabbat, Jonas Corposalo in net. They got Jake Sanderson also on the back end, Eric Branstrom, Travis Hammonick, former Islander. This is pretty close to a full Sanders lineup, and we'll get to the Penguins lineup in just a second. All their top guys are playing in this one. Tristan Jari is in net. I know it's not a regular season game, but I think it's being treated like one with just everything that's gone on this weekend heading into tonight. It's a little bit of an earlier start time, 6 o'clock, It's on Sportsnet Pittsburgh, which is where the regular season games are going to be broadcast, if you have the station. If you're a hooligan like Pat and I, who don't have cable, we're going to have to figure out something. I'm probably going to have to go to a bar or something later or find an illegal way to stream it or something like that. But we'll get our first look at that. Overall, though, again, it's just been being treated like a regular season game with the lineups, with how it's going to be a sellout, the TV broadcast everything it's all leading up to I think what could be hopefully a really good preseason game because let's face it getting through preseason games are a slog most of the games they're filled with AHL players who are not going to be on the team this year but for a game like this it's a dress rehearsal and I like those preseason games sure are they giving 110% no they're not but they're still operating at a level that I'm excited to see, especially once the regular season gets underway next week.
0: Agreed. And can I just say, man, I'm so happy Claude Giroux is no longer a Flyer. Same. Because in the same mold as now Penguin Jeff Carter and other former Flyer Mike Richards, that's a trio of players that I wanted to like so badly, but they played for the Flyers. And then when they moved on, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not buying an Ottawa Senators, Claude Giroux jersey or anything like that. But I, I, I've always loved the way this dude has played the game. And where this Ottawa Senators team is in their rebuild and where they're trying to go, man, that is a good guy to have on your first line. Because while he was a flyer and the Flyers are still in their cup drought, he played a lot of meaningful hockey for that team, and he was a big driver for that, that level of success that they got to. So that's a really good leader to have. Same thing with Vlad Tarasenko on your second line. He's still a very good goal scorer, it, and he has won the Stanley Cup. He's gone on deep runs with the Blues in his career. This is This is a team that, because they're in a division with teams like Florida, Boston, Toronto, and even Buffalo to an extent, people are kind of forgetting are there. And while I don't see this as a contending team just yet, this is a very good hockey team in Ottawa. And there's somebody we're going to have to keep an eye on for the next couple of seasons.
1: This team is trying to make the playoffs this year. You you saw them take a step last year. They got close. They were in the race until the final couple of weeks. They, they got eliminated, but when this team is healthy, firing on all cylinders, and if they can get the goaltending, they can be a playoff team this year. Goaltending has really haunted them the last several years. They haven't gotten it right, whether it was Matt Murray, whether it was Cam Talbot, whoever else you want to put in there. Ever since 2017, I know they rebuilt a little bit these last couple of years. They haven't gotten the goaltending part right, and they're hoping that they will with Jonas Corposalo. Or the Penguins fans know him very well from his days in Columbus. He had a really good year last year, by the way. He was by far career best numbers, 915, save percentage. Played really well with the Kings. If he can replicate that for the Sens, they can definitely make it if they do stay healthy. Stopping Brady Kachuk, I think, tonight is very paramount. Great playmaker. Great also in front of the net. He is much like his brother in that regard. I do think Matthew is the overall better player, but Brady still had a great year last year. Stopping him is going to be... Very important if the Penguins want to win this. You said it for Drew, Even though he's in his 30s now, this guy had 35 goals and 79 points last year. He is still a very good player. Now, Sidney Crosby doesn't have to pass the baton to Claude Giroux like (laughs) someone tried to do about a decade ago, but he is still a very good player. Has he ever been the best player in the world? Yeah, maybe for like five minutes, but not for (laughs) a full series or anything like that. Had to throw that joke in there. You got Chikrin, who needs to stay healthy for the Senators. Shabbat needs to have a little bit of a better year. A lot of talent on this team. And for a Penguins team that wants to get back into the playoffs this year, even though it's preseason, this is going to be a good test for them with how much talent the Senators can throw at them.
0: Yeah, and looking at a lot of the moves they've made over the past couple of years, I cannot argue with the direction they're going. They're doing a good job. Tim Stutzla started slow and now looks like a star. Like that guy is like he's gonna he's gonna fall behind the Matthews and the McDavid's and the Kachucks a little bit as the guy that you don't talk about as much, but he is a wagon, and that's a guy I would take on my team eight days a week. And you, getting Eunice Corposalo, like th- that, it, if he even comes somewhat close to his numbers from last year, their goaltending problem is solved. And I look at a guy on their team. And this is from personal experience. When I used to work in the AHL for the Utica Comets, a guy like Zach McEwen in their bottom six, that dude's a good player. When the Comets made their made their run, when I worked for them, they they ultimately lost in the first round to the Toronto Marlies, and that was the year that the Toronto Marlies were loaded for bear, and they were not going to lose the Calder Cup. But McEwen was a big factor in that team right. having success, and. If he can put it together even a little bit at the NHL level, that's some quality depth on your lineup. Agreed. And I know a lot of us like to dunk
1: on Pierre Dorian because, hey, he's been a very weird GM at times, but he's done a pretty good job the past couple of years. The Alex debrinkit thing did not work out. He realized that. Now, didn't get that good of a return, but they were able to replace him, I think, by committee, especially with Vladimir Teresenko. There have been some deals that he signed recently where I've kind of been like, do these players really deserve all this much money like sanderson's getting eight million starting next year i want to see i mean but he's potentially going to grow into that deal you have batherson signed for four more years obviously stutzlund could chuck a really good jeru sign for a couple more years shabbat making eight million i think he's gonna to have to really grow into that deal as well corpus one could maybe be a bit, bit much right now but if he plays the way he just played that's gonna look really well but they've done a pretty solid job overall i think of. Figuring out who their core guys are and locking them up. And just with all that talent that they have, again, I'm super excited to see how the Penguins match up against them. Those games last year between the two teams were very fun. And even though this one's a preseason game tonight, I expect the same, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and I gotta give my I gotta give a tip of the cap to Pierre Dorian, just because you think of everything he's had to go through over the past handful of years with the former ownership. There was a brief period of time where I don't know if he answered to him, but he was at least on the same level as him in Pierre McGuire. So this guy <laughs> has fought through all of that and put together a very solid roster with a very solid system. So now that they have a more stable ownership that appears to, to want to give them the resources to get better. Mm-hmm. I'm very curious to see what this guy does as the general manager over the next couple of years, especially once this team hopefully takes a step into contention and how he can push them over the edge.
1: These ain't your Eugene Melnick senators anymore. That's for sure. And, you know, obviously may he rest in peace. But this is a new look senators organization from top to bottom. And heck, Guy Boucher is not there anymore either. Hasn't been there in quite some time. But these senators will be at least fun to watch compared to what we last saw in 2017 where that was just – Awful hockey to watch for them, to say the least. But that would do it for this first segment. Coming up in the second segment, Pat and I are going to discuss some of the new-look lines that the Penguins are throwing out. It looks like they will throw out for this game, and we'll just give our thoughts on those. But before we get to that, we got to discuss ebay motors passion drive and patience what brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and so much more whether you're into speed power or style Eligible items only, exclusion supply, eBay guarantee fit only available to U.S. customers. Remember, that's ebaymotors.com. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am Hunter Hodes, joined as always by my co host, Patrick Dam. So, as we tease, the Penguins are basically bringing their A lineup to this game against the Senators, which is close to what the Senators are doing as well. I would say it's their B plus, A minus team. I would kind of say the same for the Penguins, but. Raquel Crosby-Russ continuing to ice Raquel on the left wing, and I'm a fan of that. He looked great in that last game, had that beautiful one-time goal. I love how Sidney Crosby was looking at Raquel the entire time. Raquel had his stick up for that goal. He was just like, yep, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. (laughs) Boom, gets the puck, fires in the back of the net. Want to see more of him on the left wing. Brian Rust, no surprise there, of course. Second line, Riley Smith with Evgeny Malkin, but it's not Alex Nylander getting a second shot. It's Redeem Zahorna, Big Z, getting that big chance for this one. You want to make the team. Let's see what you can do with two players who are going to be on the second line. We'll start there, Pat. Massive opportunity for him. Eight days until the regular season opener against the Blackhawks. Final few preseason games here. It's put up or shut up time
0: for him. And With how he's looked, I think he might answer the call tonight. He's more than earned it. There's no two ways about that. He has had a tremendous camp, a tremendous preseason, and I do think this management and coaching staff like him. Uh, you could tell that there was some trepidation when he got claimed off of waivers last year, when they when they put him there. So this is this is a big shot, and I do think he he fills out that line quite well because he's going to kind of be to to cross sports a little bit kind of like an edge rusher is in football, he's going to be your game wrecker on that line. He's going to be the guy who goes to the corner and throws the first hit on the forecheck. He's going to be the guy who barrels towards the net and opens up some space in the soft spot. And with players like Evgeny Malkin and Riley Smith on his line, that's going to open up space for them to do more. So this is a very big opportunity for Zahorna, and I'm interested to see how he takes it. Because if I'm Mike Sullivan, all I'm saying to Z is this, play your game. Don't do anything. Don't don't try to become a goal-scoring winger. Don't try to become a playmaker. Just go out there and wreck the game. Go out there and take their defense to the corner. Get to the front of the net. And if you got to look, take a shot.
1: I love that the point that you made about him forechecking because he's done that quite a bit in the preseason games that he's played in heck against the Red Wings. Took the puck away from two players in their zone and was able to get the puck for a goal. And he plays like that. Four checks aggressively gets the puck to Gino, who obviously loves having the puck on his stick. There's not many players in the league who don't like having the puck on their stick, but Gino is just obviously obsessed with it. I think they could form at least decent chemistry, maybe not as good as Smith with Gino, but in terms of right wingers, because that's kind of been. I guess rotating throughout the past couple of seasons. You see Brian Russ there. Sometimes you've seen Raquel there. You've seen other players bumped up. We saw Nylander there for a few games last year. You know, maybe they can form that chemistry that, you know, Gino could be looking for in a right winger. And really curious to see how that goes. Bottom six wise, Drew O'Connor with Lars Eller continuing, I think, to hint that that's going to be two-thirds of the opening night third line. And on the right wing this time, Vinny Henestrosa. So he gets a shot to see how he does with Eller and O'Connor. Curious to see how that goes, too. Henry Schroza, I think, has been fine during camp. I don't think he's been spectacular or anything, but you, know, you want to make an impression, this is the game to do it, in, in my opinion. And I think he's good enough to play in the NHL. He's definitely good enough to be in the Penguins' bottom six with his history for scoring in the league. But he's got to earn it. So, Gary, I'm really interested to see how he approaches this opportunity with – Two other players who look to be stable to the third line
0: in about a week. Yeah, we've talked about it like a lot. What I've seen from Doc in this camp. Yeah, uh, Lars Eller has been a surprise. We, I Great know we last know I know we were kind of lukewarm on him when they got him, but I think he's more than earned the chance to be the the team's third line center this year. And I look at Henestroza a lot on a, on a much lower level as uh, as a Brian Rust kind of guy who you can kind of put him anywhere in the lineup and he'll be mostly effective. So if you can get him in the bottom six as a little bit of a scoring threat, that only makes this roster better. But again, like you said, he's got to earn it. He has to prove he belongs there. I think he has for the most part throughout this camp. Hasn't been spectacular. Hasn't really been a big time standout, but I think he's done enough to get looks like this. So Tonight's a big game for him. How does he look as a depth forward? And then, obviously, we got to get into the fourth line just to keep things moving. That's, the, four, that's the
1: fourth line you're going to see next week. Yeah, Matt,
0: Matt, Matt Nieto, Nolichari, Jeff Carter. Yeah. And been saying it all, all summer. Jeff Carter is your fourth line right wing, is a nice little luxury to have. He doesn't have to play all 200 feet. He Doesn't have to be defensively accountable all game long. And you can put him in a position where he can maybe pop a few more goals in because he doesn't have to commit as heavily to defense. So I think this is your fourth line. And honestly, I like it. I I like it a lot. I don't mind it. That's for
1: sure. You have Achari who can be that defensive-minded fourth line center. He can also kill penalties. Matt Nieto is kind of the same way. But if he provides some offense that he provided last year, I think that could be a good luxury to that line. And then Carter, we've been talking about this all offseason. I've been saying that on social media too. Jeff Carter is not going to be coming out of the lineup that often this season, if maybe at all. That's just how it is. Mike Sullivan likes him. He likes everything about his game. I think at this point, at least he realizes that he's probably not a center at this point in his career. And yes, is it a bit annoying maybe that some of these younger players are not getting the ice time over Carter once the season starts? Sure. But this is the reality of the situation. Mike Sullivan obviously likes him. He likes his game. He thinks it's suited for a fourth-line role, and he is going to give the veteran a shot at keeping that job throughout the season. Now, could he get scratched at times? I think that's definitely a possibility, but we, we've we been knowing this is coming since May, June, July. This did not be a surprise to anyone that follows this team when it comes to carter going to be in the opening night that lineup, especially for the sign tonight. He is going to be in that lineup, and that's that.
0: You can call it copium. You can call it whatever yeah. you want. But I think last year, as he started to trend downwards, it wasn't him trending downwards to the point of not being a valuable NHL player. It was the fact that he was no longer a center in the National Hockey League. There is one single defeated, undefeated entity in all of sports, and that is father time. It comes for everyone and waits for no man. And father time has come for Jeff Carter. But he can still be an effective bottom six winger that can get you a few goals, that can provide some stability. And I know that this town is not happy with him, but... I think he's going to have, within reason, a bounce back year on the fourth line. Within reason, of course. We're not going to project 15, 20 goals from
1: him or something like that. But if you can get 11 to 12 goals, you can get, I don't know, 30 points, I think would be fine for a fourth liner for him at his rate. This is his final year of his contract. He can walk off into the sunset, all that good stuff after the year. He's not going to be on the team after the year. Everyone knows that, but. Again, I don't have high expectations for him. And yes, again, I understand why people are going to be annoyed that he's going to be in the lineup. But you're going to have to suck it up. Mike Sullivan has his reasons. He's not going to be getting that much ice time. That's the big thing here. They're going to shelter him. That that is going to be very key for his minutes this year. You don't want him playing too often. don't want him playing, especially up in the lineup when, God forbid, there's any injuries. But if you can shelter him, there is a path to make this work. I think, in my opinion. Yeah. There we go. But (laughs) that wraps up the forwards. Defensively, the top four is the same. Graves, Latang, Pedersen, Carlson, P.O. Joseph on the bottom pairing, and Ryan Shea continuing to get another look on the bottom pairing. Interesting. I think that's the word I would use for that one. It's interesting. They're not going to be playing Chow Riedel, Mark Friedman, at least based on this projected lineup that we're talking about right now. Is Ryan Shea in play for that number seven job next week, because by all accounts and purposes, it seems like he has a real shot at making this team.
0: Yeah. I I just want to know what's the end game here with Ryan Shea. I I, I don't think he's been bad. Like I'm not going to sit here and say he stunk because he hasn't, but I think there's better options ahead of him. So I, I, maybe they're just giving him an extended look because it's preseason. It's your sixth, seventh, even eighth defenseman, so you're not really losing a whole lot by giving him preseason reps. But I, I, I don't get it. it. It's just I'm not. I'm not like upset about it. I'm not against it. It is what it is. But I, I'm just not. I'm not understanding it. So. I mean, maybe he surprises, maybe he comes in and plays well and we think, oh, maybe we got ourselves a sixth or seventh defenseman here. But as of right now, I'm looking at this and going, why are why is Brian Shea getting this, this extended look?
1: And I had my eye on him during the last preseason game, late last week. He was fine. Didn't really do anything that wowed me, didn't do anything that made me be like, ah, oh, he belongs in the AHL and I still think he'll start the season there, but it's just... Interesting, fascinating, whatever word you want to use for it, that he's getting all these looks. And I, again, I just, I think that they're really considering him for this number seven role, even though I do think Ruedel and Friedman are better options ahead of them. But hey, maybe he goes out there tonight, kicks a lot of butt with PO, and it's like, hey, maybe I'm in consideration for that number six role. You never know what crazier things have happened. But that's, I think, the one main thing about this lineup that I was a bit. Confused by, it. I was like, hmm, he's getting the minutes, and it's not Mark Friedman or Chad Riedel. I still think it's going to be one of those two that gets the job. I might be leaning towards Friedman right now, but still curious that it's Ryan Shape. And of course, Pat Tristan Jari and net no surprise there. But that's the lineup that it looks like everyone's going to see tonight. Should be a lot of fun. Six o'clock start time. Remember the how, the time zone for Nova Scotia? They're an hour ahead of where we are here in Pittsburgh and just along the East Coast. So that's why it's a Six o'clock start here, but it's where Penguins are. It's a seven o'clock start there. But that'll do it for this segment. Coming up to end the show, Pat and I are going to discuss the first look at Sportsnet Pittsburgh tonight because the game is going to be televised there for the first time. Well, same channel, but you all know what I'm talking about. It's going to be that new look, new broadcasters, all that good stuff. But before we get to that, we got to discuss... A G one, the daily foundational nutrition supplement that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day. Usually when I wake up, whether that's eight 30, nine, nine 30, I wake up around that time, usually each day, depending on my work shifts. And I drink it right before I drink my coffee and it is so freaking good. It gets me started the right way every day. I even drink my coffee and then I'm in just the best mood every single morning. All great athletes have one thing in common. They take care of their bodies, and a huge part of that starts with optimizing whole body health. A lot of them also drink AG1, and it's why I'm a massive fan. With every daily serving, I'm setting myself up for success with 75 high-quality ingredients that give me key daily nutrients and support energy, recovery, focus, strength, and clarity if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine then try ag1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free ag1 travel packs with your first purchase you can go to drinkag1.com slash nhl network that's drinkag1.com slash nhl network check it out all right we're back here on this episode of the locked on penguins podcast i'm hondra hodies Joining me, as always, is my co-host Patrick Dam. So, game tonight. You, you will not be able to stream it on the Penguins' website. It is on Sportsnet Pittsburgh for those that have cable. Same channel, just obviously will look a little bit different. It's not at t Sportsnet Pittsburgh, but for hooligans like Pat and I, and other people who have cut cable, you have to find another way to stream it. You know, maybe I'll go out to a place that's televised in the game. I'll find out an illegal way to watch it. I'll figure it out. I'll be watching it no matter what. But. I'm still really excited to see this new look broadcast. Josh Getzoff will be on the call. You'll have Colby Armstrong there, Haley Hunter between the benches, I'm sure. Just really excited for this new look and a preview of what's to come next week when this season kicks off.
0: Yeah, it's probably going to be a radio broadcast kind of night here in my house because. Shame on you. U- Shame on you. YouTube, YouTube TV guy, don't have uh, cable and. Well, if, you're, if you are ready for it, here it is, the new the new look channel. Uh, I, I am excited to see this, uh, but I will say, you know, for those of us who don't have cable, uh, the backdoor that I always use to watch games, whether it was the Penguins or Pirates, since I cut cable, was I used uh, a login that I had for somebody that did have cable, and I was able to watch it on what was then AT&T Sportsnet's website. I checked this morning doesn't exist anymore so oh,
1: that's terrible
0: that's that's gonna be a bit of an issue but yeah i mean overall I'm, I'm excited to see what this what this looks like because it's a little bit of new faces a lot of familiar faces and they kind of have really put the right people in the right places to succeed so i'm excited for that i also the way i look at this is if i'm reading this correctly and this is more a take on what's happening with the channel and the the future of streaming and all that, if I'm reading this correctly, and this is obviously my own speculation, I don't have any inside sources on this. Nobody's talked to me about this. I'm assuming when the Penguins acquired the channel, they just that's all they did. They just acquired the channel. So all of their existing deals with cable companies and everything like that are in place until they're done. So I don't know how long that lasts. I don't know how long the agreement is between the channel and the team and the cable networks. So this could change in a year. This could change in two years, three years, who knows. But seeing the way that Fenway Sports Group operates NESN, Nesson up in New England, I don't think we're far off from this becoming either a standalone service that you can buy or them – tweaking it to being available on streaming networks so i know there's going to be some short-term pain but hang in there penguins fans it's going to get better
1: and i do think as more people probably continue to cut the cord because let's face it i think the only people that have cable probably have it for one of two reasons one is to watch sports you know whether it's something on espn monday night football whether it's sunday night football world series whatever People have it to watch sports. I don't think people will usually tune into the local news and all that stuff. Hey, like, sorry. Hey, sorry. Sorry. Didn't, didn't mean to diss KDK there or anything like that. We all love KDK and all those stations here. <laughs> but I had I had to be a little honest, <laughs> just a little bit that. But sports mainly. I would also say movies a little bit too, but you can also just get those wherever. But I think the main thing
0: is sports. No, you're you're absolutely right. The 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 thing that is keeping cable alive in this day and age is live sports. It's yes. what people get cable for. It's so you can watch the NFL on CBS, Fox, ABC, NBC. It's so you can watch your local teams in the N- NBA, NHL, MLB. So I've been saying this since since the announcement and we're starting to see it already across the NHL with Vegas offering their own in-house subscription service until some media company comes up with a solution. The fortune, the future is going to be what the Vegas golden Knights are doing with nighttime. It's going to be teams saying we have in-house media departments. Now we can formulate and broadcast our own games and just go direct to consumer rather than go from team to cable to consumer. So this is going to be the fight over the next couple of years to figure out if every team is going to have its own streaming service or if there's going to be some kind of streaming company in the media that offers a way to get live sports in one place.
1: Right. And fans will pay out the wazoo for that kind of package that the Knights are offering. And if not, I know you can subscribe to ESPN Plus, if you're not in Pittsburgh, at least. The the blackout stuff, I hate. I think it's so 2008, 2010, get rid of blackouts forever. There's no need for it. It's funny. I was subscribed to ESPN Plus last year. And I got most of the Penguins games, even while being in Pittsburgh, because I don't think it caught up that I was here. Oh, that went away in the final few weeks of the season because it finally caught on to the fact that I was in Pittsburgh and it's dumb. It's stupid, especially if you don't have cable. I think it's very dumb,
0: but I mean, that said, it's it's a great model for the sport. I do think is the fact that you can watch every game that's not in your home market because I remember a time as a kid when we had dish network at my house growing up and we only got dish network because we wanted to get NHL center ice so we could watch Mm -hmm. every other game. And the fact that you can pay what 12 bucks a month for ESPN plus and watch every single NHL out of market game, right? That is how you grow the game. You make it accessible. You don't have to put all these restrictions in place. If you're able to say, Hey, pay 12 bucks a month, you get ESPN plus, you can watch every single NHL game, every single night with the exception of your, and even I think, even if I think the blackouts are dumb, it's, we got to take a positive when it's a positive. You can watch every single out of market game and every game that's not on national broadcasts. It, it's perfect to grow the sport. Yeah. They just have to get out of their own way. Agreed with you.
1: Yeah, I mean that has to happen at some point here. Overall, I'm not going to get. You're not going to hold my breath at least right now, but hopefully down the line, it will. But just getting back to Sportsnet Pittsburgh in general here, I'm so pumped for Josh gets off tonight, man. He's been waiting. Very for the happy for him. Yeah, I mean, makes his TV debut for the Penguins. He's been great on the radio after being hired full-time since Mike Lang retired, who, of course, is one of the best to ever do it. But he did an amazing job after Mike retired. Coming to TV now, I think he's going to do a stupendous job. You have the rotating cast of analysts, whether it's Colby Armstrong, Mike Rupp, or Phil Bork. They're going to do really well. I think you're going to see a lot of Colby tonight during this broadcast. And then Haley Hunter making her Penguins debut. I'm just really excited for this new look broadcast. I don't think I've been this excited for a new look Penguins broadcast in a long time. And part of that is because they don't really make that many changes. I mean, they Staggy was on the air for so long and then they go from him to Mears. And I was really excited about that. And I think he's done. Mears did a better job than Staggy did, but you know, Ari was there and No, i know aries not there anymore and i wish the best for him going forward i'm still really hyped to see how the new look analysts do in his role and then of course Haley hunter filling in for dan potash how does she do really excited
0: yeah it should be a lot of fun and like you said i'm with you i have wanted there there to be some new new broadcasts some some fresh blood and it just felt like it was time. It, it's no disrespect to the people that were there. I, I've said it on this show before. I think Staggerwald's a great color guy, a great in-studio analyst guy, because he can put it in a really good perspective. I, I'm really going to miss Bob Airy, as goofy as he was. Uh, he he did bring a unique perspective to the broadcast. And it just it, it felt like it was time for a, a bit of a change and to freshen it up. So this is exciting. It's It's an exciting time to be a Penguin fan right now.
1: You took the words right out of my mouth. With all the moves they made during the offseason, Kyle Dubas hire, the new broadcast. It is a very exciting time to be a Penguins fan. And your intro set it up perfectly. We got eight more days until opening night. And I reminded everyone on Sunday during that awful Stewart's performance. Penguins hockey comes back in basically a week.
0: Come and home, people. Come
1: home. Everyone's excited. This team should be good this year we have them in the playoffs and we have a lot more content to come later on in the week, but Pat, this will not be the only recording that we do today. If you want to fill the listeners in on what's going on with that.
0: It's the Nova Scotia showdown and Hunter and I, we will be back very early tomorrow morning in your favorite podcasting apps or on YouTube to recap the Nova Scotia showdown because once that game ends fire up the old podcast machine and do a little bit of a recap
1: we will go live tonight well not live on YouTube at least but we will start recording right after the game whether that's 8 45 whether that's nine o'clock and we'll have all of our notes we'll have everything in front of us and we will just give our thoughts on the game and who stood out versus who still needs to do a little bit more as we head towards the end of the preseason but that will do it for this one thank you all so much for listening slash watching this one. We will be back bright and early on Tuesday for a unusual morning episode of the podcast. But then we will be back at the usual time on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday for your drive home. And then next week, where the regular season starts, we're super fired up about it. But again, thank you all so much for tuning in. We will be back on Tuesday.